Hey, Dylan. Hey, Liz. Are you hungry for more end of year episode? You know I am. So as you probably heard at the end of last week's episode, our end of year episode conversation ran a little long, so we split it into two. And now we're bringing you part two. I know you've been waiting for it. drink or cocktail of the year i um was thinking about this i have a i have a couple and it's this is the thing i don't know why i put this down i like almost never remember what i drank like i certainly yeah. don't like write down what was in it and like go back and look at it later like i sometimes do with food mm-hmm. um i so i have three okay um, Rapid fire. One it. is the clarified Negroni that I had in New York. Right. We talked about this. Yep. Clarified the next trend. Yeah. It was like, liquor. so just to, like what they do is they process it so that it's basically clear. So it was like a clear cocktail, but it tasted just like a Negroni. Um, so if you're looking for a sauce that doesn't dirty you. You mean a less messy sauce? Yeah. Sauce, a clean sauce. I want to go to a bar and order a messy martini. <laughs> <laughs> in order a clean martini. Can I get a clean martini? Um, and then when I was going back looking at things I had eaten, I remembered getting the pea drink. Pea, the green pea. Not urine. Green pea, I should, I should clarify. Peas, P-E-A. P-E-A-S uh, cocktail at Virtue. And the pea is one of my favorite drinks. <laughs> Not to be... Wow. The pea, the pea, the vegetable, is one of my favorite flavors. Uh, of of this flavor. This is where I find out you like to drink pee. Okay. I, no, I don't. I like to drink pee the vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink peas. We got a regular old Bear Grylls over here. I, <laughs> I didn't know that about him. He did it on TV like 20 years ago. Oh, Jesus. No, I, I, like, to, I like the flavor of the humble pee. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everybody has had to drink a glass of humble pee. <laughs> okay, let's move on. And then the other one was the um, the blueberry one that I had at Nighthawk that I don't remember exactly what was in it, but when I tasted it, I was just like, oh my God. And the bartender was so surly. He was just like, get away from my bar. Like, <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your drink somewhere else. But he was surly about a lot of things that yeah. night. So I don't, it's not your fault. I have two. One probably is because object permanence because it's uh, one we had uh, recently is the champ the uh, absinthe and red wine. Oh, that was good, and it was beautiful. Uh, but if we're being honest, and I held out for so long, but probably my most surprising enjoyed drink this year was. A high noon watermelon. <laughs> because uh, I held, you were so salty about seltzer for a while. I held out on the seltzer train for so long, and I, but all like this summer was really my summer of seltzer, and I tried a bunch 
Uh, and the high noons really are a lot more quality than the other ones. Yeah, the high noons are pricier, but they're better. And, well, they're made with actual, like, vodka and, in them. And, like, actual juice, I think. And the watermelon is king supreme of the high noons, I Sponsored feel. by high noon, just kidding. I mean, we are, like, bar- barstool sports. We have a sponsor of high noon. We don't have any sponsors. Except for barstool sports. We're sponsored by <laughs> barstool sports? Can't you tell by this studio? <laughs> Wait, that's why we're here? Yep. Uh, no, but High Noon is uh, regrettably probably my drink of 2022. That's hilarious. All you needed was a pool. All I needed was a pool to lounge in front of, and I became a basic white girl. Yes. All right. Is it my turn? It's my turn. You said. All right. Your turn. Okay. Top three overall restaurant experiences. Okay. And we'll do this. We'll go Back popcorn again. Um, now, can we do ones that we've kind of already talked about? Yes. We but, haven't taken everything off the list for every question. All right. So, I will do... Okay. Uh, There's another one coming up because it's weirdest, funniest experience. It's different than this. Yeah, this is like ones you like. Right. But... Okay, okay, okay. So there is a, uh, okay, favorite, uh, I will take the Indonesian restaurant that we went to in Amsterdam. Oh, cool. The, we, if you go back to the Amsterdam, we, we gush about it. Uh, I thought that was a very cool way of eating that. And I, I was looking at it the way of like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be able to do something like this. Oh, it's yeah, that makes be, sense. Yeah. You know, it's so I, I we thought, do not have one of those restaurants in Chicago at we, this time. We don't have one of those. I don't know where like you would. And it was like definitely like a like like a cool thing that I'm going to like talk about for years to come. All right. I'm going to go in that vein. And it's not really a restaurant. So I'm cheating a little bit. But I think. One of my favorite, like, overall food experiences this year was when we did the market tour in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And we, so we did this market tour. We actually, it was a food tour, but we started at the market. And it was actually kind of interesting. The, the traditional market that we would usually have gone to was under construction. So they moved all the vendors into, like... Under construction for, like, years. Yeah, so they, they moved all the vendors into this, like, what looked like an Ikea warehouse. Like, but it was the same food and they did a really good job of like getting a selection of everything from the market. So we had sardines prepared a few different ways, which was great because I don't know how to prepare sardines and then just like different charcuterie. Like, oh yeah, we had the like acorn fed sausage Mm -hmm. that we could try next to the sausage that wasn't fed so many acorns so we could see the difference. There were different cheeses, there was almonds, there was those little garlic things that I thought were almonds when I ate them the first time. Oh, you mean garlic. You just ate a pile of garlic. And I was like, these are almonds. Uh, My favorite thing about that is we did this whole eating thing and we were like, this was a- so much food. We were like, this is a great tour. Uh, Oh my God, you gave us so much food. And they were like, we have three more stops left on this tour. We have four more stops. Yeah. It was, we were like, wait. It was great. We also, like, we got talking about, like, European politics and our guide 
like lost track of time and was like, oh shit, I gotta get you to the last place. Yeah, he's like, I gotta take you to where I drop you off and then I have to leave. We were just like getting drunk and like talking with a local. It was great. Yeah, I think my number one travel tip (laughs) in general is to book like a tour that's run by a local, but then try to book it in like the off season on like an off day. Like we did this on a Monday in January. So we were the only people on the tour. Like normally this would have been like probably like a 10 person tour or something, but it was just the two of us and our guide. And so it just devolved into like us drinking and talking about like American versus Portuguese politics. And also we tried a thousand really good foods. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I'm, I'm kind of, Jealous, I didn't think of that for this. Uh, my next one, uh, and this is more of like what led up to it was the uh, rosemary. Was oh yeah, the whole we so yeah. when we we meant to go to Oshaval. Still haven't been there this have year. Have not been to Oshaval yet. Uh, but when we got there, they was like your your wait is three hours, and we were like we're not going to do that for burgers. And we, we were like, well, let's see if Rosemary down the street maybe has a spot. And the, the very nice person, the very nice lady that was working the front said, uh, we will have two spots at the bar opening up in 15 minutes, uh, get lost for 15 minutes. And we went in, we had a great night. They gave us free pasta, as you already mentioned. <laughs> we got to see Joe Flan, uh, scare one of his employees we've talked about this whole thing on the podcast but, like three times but, so it's definitely in our top three but as far as just like a experience that was just like that was a very unexpected but lovely experience we had the people that were getting married the next day sitting next right. to us it was great it was a great experience top notch that was a good one they gave us a they gave us a hot tip which was when you're trying to figure out who's gonna win top chef Call, call both of their restaurants and see if you can make a reservation for the finals night. And if you can't, that's the chef that's going to win. Mm-hmm. So if you want betting tips for Top Chef. <laughs> what's, your, what's your next one? <laughs> um, I think my next one is... Uh, top restaurant experience. Top restaurant experiences. So this might be stealing one of your top or weirdest experiences, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. But I think one of my favorite experiences was when we went to Q Sushi. Ah, uh, yeah, that was going to be on... Mm-mm. All right, it's yeah, off the board. It's off the board. I drafted it. Um, just because we talked about this a little bit on the podcast. It was a really lovely omakase. We had a few things that I hadn't had before. They did a lot of interesting flavor pairings. I really liked the the sandwich. Yeah. Um, that was one of the courses, but it was also just a really chill time. (laughs) It was nice. Like it was going to be my fun, weirdest one because of the last two hours after we had finished eating and how great the staff was and wonderful they were to hang out with. We had the last seating of the night. There was somebody there who had bought a bottle of something and was, like, sharing whiskey with us. Right. One of their regulars, which I never knew you could be a regular for, like, a sushi place. I mean, you can be a regular anywhere, I guess. I guess. But, uh, yeah. we And then they closed down. 
and the waiters like they they were they were like one they found out we did comedy and they wanted to know everything about it and then they started they wanted us to stay so they handed us Miller lights yeah they were just like they closed the doors and they were like here's a beer hang out with us we had just done this sake tasting and they were like here's a Miller light <laughs> And then we went to the bar next door. And did karaoke. And did karaoke. Yeah. So. No, that was that was gonna be that's definitely on my. So, uh, but another best. Uh, and there's so many. This is it's tough to do just three. Uh, yeah, I already have some honorable mentions for this. Just as far as uh, experiences of something that I never done before, uh, in New York. The Thai diner. Oh, that I was we going to say that one. So I'm glad you did. So I can say something else. The Thai diner that we went to, because it was like, it was it just called the Thai. It was diner? called Thai diner. Okay, it's called Thai diner. I think that one of the things that probably like made it the experience was I think that we were already drunk by the time we got there. We had had a couple of drinks. And so, but I think that like we went there. And it was definitely like showing up to a greasy spoon kind of diner, but they had Thai food. And it was really good Thai food. It was food. really good Thai food. It was greasy spoon. I had a little buzz on. I feel like the 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 setting was a former diner. Right. So it was like diner style seating. There was like a display case of cakes, which you yeah. see in a diner. So it was like very like diner vibes, but it was... And it was All packed. Thai food. Was we got like packed. loaded fries that were like Thai toppings. Yeah. And it was also like we were with like old friends. It was like a good group. We had enough people to like. It was the kind of place we really wanted to try a lot we of things. We just ordered a lot of And we just ordered food. everything. Yeah, and tried it all. It was good. It was. It was like. It was like sensory overload, but it was like that time of the night where it was like that's like fine, and we're just like fine. Like it was very New York. It's like, I don't think that I could ever live in New York, but, like, this was, like, a great New York experience. Yeah, I, I, that was probably my favorite meal from that trip. Um, and your number three? My number three, I'm going to say one that you didn't go to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I talked earlier about my prognostication that tasting menus are going to move away from this kind of style, but I still really liked it. I went I went to Claudia at the beginning of the year, which is a newer tasting menu restaurant in Chicago, and the menu kind of, it changes around because I think they kind of go on what's what ingredients are available and then, like, what their particular whims are. I guess they ask when you make the reservation – if there are any, like, childhood food memories that are meaningful to you. And so I I do have a suspicion that pretty much everybody says the same things and so they have a couple of dishes that kind of, because... The chicken finger. Exactly, because I didn't answer this question. It was, I, I went with my friend Sheena and she wrote down peanut butter and jelly and one of the desserts is peanut butter and jelly flavors. But, like, how many people answer that question oh, yeah, peanut I'm butter sure and jelly? There's so. only so many, like, mac and cheese. Like, right. There's only so much. Nobody's ever, well, kids these days are, like, sushi. and But it's different because we're nostalgic for a simpler time. Yeah, I should put coconut shrimp and see what they yeah. say. Um, <laughs> I, I do feel like 
so I, I I feel like I'm pulling back the curtain too much. I I don't think they're actually like that cagey. But I, I I think that this is a good time also to mention like shout out uh, Sheena for be, for being a catalyst to a lot of our good food memories. Uh, yeah. For for the for this, I feel like a lot of my honorable mentions are places that we went with Sheena and Darshan. Yeah, they they have a good they have good uh, taste in food suggestions. I went to Claudia and uh, when we went to Coach House, they were the instigator for that. Coach House, uh, the 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 one we talked about early on in the podcast, the the trendy place, uh, the taco place. Yes. Yes. What. Whatever. Taboo. That, yes. Taboo. Taboo. That's it. So, um, um so, but, uh, I'm, anyway, so, I'm glad you had a good experience without me. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I feel like I've only just, like, I haven't said anything good about it yet. It was, um, <laughs> no, the food was really, really good, and it was, I think it was very, like, seafood focused. Like, there was one or two meat courses, but one of the most memorable, memorable ones, looking back at my pictures, was this lobster course that had like a hollandaise and like squash and vegetables. And it was, that one was really lovely. They were doing a lot, they were doing a lot of really interesting things. Um, they had snails, uh, which I am always excited to see on a menu. And I think a snail is like their little logo. So that might be one of their signature dishes. And then there was also a really funny experience because they try to do some like childhood whimsy in their dishes. There was a dish that was, a palate cleanser that was a vegetable, like, flavored popsicle. Mm-hmm. And the first bite was really good. It was a really nice palate cleanse. But as you, like, ate more of the popsicle, it didn't really change that much. Right. And so it's just kind of a popsicle. So once, like, our palates were cleansed, we <laughs> kind of, like, too much of put, it. It, put it back. And so none of us at our table finished the popsicle. So... At the next table over, there was a couple that I think was on an early date. I don't think it was a first date, but it definitely wasn't people that were married. It was definitely people that were, like, still getting to know each other. So somebody was still trying to impress somebody? Yeah, and I think at some point, they were eating their popsicle, and she had made, she had had enough of hers and put it back, and he was, like, still eating his, and finally he leaned over to us, and he was like, did you guys finish these? And we were like, no. And he put it down. He was like, okay, good. Nice. I was like, I love that he needed external validation that he didn't have to finish his vegetable popsicle. Can we say that that also makes a good restaurant experience is positive interacting with other people that are also at the restaurant yes. with you? Yes. Because I get so much of a, like, all of these are, whether it be, like, great, like, talking with the wait staff or mm-hmm. or the where, the, where the staff member got in trouble because he was talking to us yeah. way, way too Not much. Not in 2022, but a good story. Or, like, or there's going to be another funny one coming up with other customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that is a sign of a good... It's like it's like watching a football game at a bar and getting to know the person next to you at the bar. Yeah. Like that makes an experience to me. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was that like made it memorable of like, oh, that guy was like insecure about how much popsicle he ate and it was very funny. But I did eat probably every bite of every other course because the food was incredible. Not every other course. 
Because did you have a Elmer's glue? Uh, no, that was icing. at Esme. Okay, that was a different thing. Yeah, it, and I know I thought, that's still in that's our still fridge. The, that's still in our fridge because I ate some of it. I took a taste of it the other day to see if it was still good. How is it? It tastes like icing. Yeah, I okay. I didn't realize you would put it in the fridge because I think I ate it at Esme and then immediately went on a work trip. Yeah. And so when I came back, my Elmer's glue was no longer on the counter. And I was like, well, I guess Dylan threw that out. Nope, and then it's in the fridge. I was looking for like something else in the fridge and I was like what is this? We'll get some we'll get some ice cream later and I'll put your put Elmer's, some glue, Elmer's on glue on it. That so, was... so, I thought that, that was what the kids themed one. Oh no that one, that one was kids themed in a different way so Claudia was like not kid themed but it was kind Try. of childhood like sort of food nostalgia themed almost and then Esme was the one that was like directly kid themed where every it was sort of a inspired by work they do with a charity to educate kids about food. And so it was like different concepts that kids learn through the process of speaking of learning food, how to speaking cook. Speaking of food trends, the childhood food like theme, these two restaurants, when I did a dinner party, it was yeah, childhood You're theme. so trendy. Um, I think, I mean, I think everybody wants to, everybody wants to play on the nostalgic flavors. Yeah. Um, they, but theirs was more, we did have like a lunch tray. I didn't, I, something that I didn't put on here was like favorite glassware because that's really specific, but they did have my favorite glassware. They had a like glass, like shaped like a milk carton. Mm. And then they, they actually, they had a really like a lot of thought went into their plates. They had these fish shaped bowls that they put a um a sort of fish like chowder like soup in okay and potatoes and it was really good but the bowl was just really cool it was like this colored glass fish that you could put soup in and then they had a ceramic plate that looked like a kind of crumpled notebook paper that was painted with a recipe written on it this is Esme I'm talking about yeah. now. They um, So that was made specifically for this dinner only. And it was like a recipe for clam chowder. And then the dish on it was a different, like a corn forward chowder. And it was really amazing. But I just, the plates that they, they were just so thoughtful in their presentation of everything Nice. And there was, oh yeah, and then there was a plate that they had an artist paint to put, like, it was like a cartoon chicken, and then they had a chicken dish on top of it. This wasn't what I was going to say, <laughs> but this was, like, really, like, outstanding in the field of plating. Just, like, so thoughtful and interesting every time. Well, do you know what my favorite glass was? What was your favorite glass? The ones that were full of booze. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel like this is a good transition to, like, uh, the next similar question. Do you want to pick this one that I definitely haven't just drawn because it's similar? Yeah, so weirdest or funniest restaurant experience. So, I'm going to pick our dinner with Olivia. Yes! Uh, I don't know if there even is a second story that comes close. I don't think... Have we talked about our dinner with Olivia on no, the podcast? No, we have yet? not talked about our dinner with Olivia on the podcast. And this story, to, to just touch back 
Uh, I think it started with us drinking high uh, noon, high noons on, by the pool, by the pool, and deciding that we needed to go get dinner. And escargot specifically. Yes, we wanted esc because uh, I feel that this is this podcast is just. Uh, let's talk about our bougiest story. Yeah, this is the bougiest thing ever. We were sipping, well, high noon, not that bougie, by our pool, and we thought. Enough. Let's go get snails. Let's go eat snails. <laughs> so we walked to a French restaurant an hour away, and uh, I mean, Mona Migabi. If anybody's interested, Mona Migabi. Yeah, is the name of the French restaurant. And it's great. It was great. The it was a really was, good restaurant. The escargot was everything we hoped. The food was very good. Uh, we decided that uh, we, it, we went. We were late enough. To where it was us and one other table, mm-hmm. about four bro dudes, but not really bro dudes. They were just kids, uh, college age kids. I think there were like seven of them total. Okay, but when we got there, when we got there. There were only two, and, and I that, thought they were leaving, but they were actually arriving. Uh, and it was we we found out just by you know like overhearing them that it was one of their friends Olivier's birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and Olivier. Apparently brought his own wine to from the, his family's vineyard to the French restaurant, which is a move. Yeah, that is definitely a baller move, and I don't think he understood how much of a move that is. Yeah, wait, he did say we can all get one cocktail, and then I also brought a bottle of my family's wine. I think so. I my read was that they were like. Older college students, but still definitely like college students. And I feel it like was, they were just old enough to drink. Yeah, like for it was like because they weren't sure which cocktail to order, and then one of them was like, "An old fashioned is a good cocktail to order." And all and of they, them all were old, old fashions. And just side note, I've been there. I when before I was like old enough to legally drink, the only cocktail I knew was an amaretto sour. <laughs> and so when I had an internship in at an investment bank, the summer between my junior and senior year, I still wasn't old enough to drink in a bar, but I would go out to bars with my coworkers. And the first time I went out with them, they I ordered an amaretto sour. And my one coworker was like, they are going to know you're underage if, if you, you order, order that. If you order an amaretto sour. From now on, you order... A Bombay Sapphire and tonic. And so that was... And ever since that day, you've been a gin and tonic girl. I've been a gin drinker. Like, I... Because that was what I ordered at every bar. Because they were... I don't know if you've ever met an investment banker, but they're very certain about what's right for you. So yep. they were just like, you order this. And I was like, okay, ma'am. And, like, that's what I ordered everywhere. So jump back to it. So back... So they're in that situation. They, one they, person says old-fashioned so is what you order. They have they one bottle of wine and old-fashions all around, which I felt great because I was also drinking an old-fashioned, and it made me feel like I was young and hip with the kids. So, uh, but the, the, the it ends, and we're just listening to them. It's Olivier's birthday. All of them are giving him shit. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, it's definitely the, it, they're not a fraternity, that's for sure. They're definitely a bunch of nerds. Yeah, it was kind of like it, it they were adorable. And so they get to, uh, the, the end, they, they sing happy birthday, don't they? Yeah, they sang happy birthday and then they asked him to make a wish. Right, and this is where you need to start telling the story. Oh, so this is, so they asked Olivier what his wish was. 
and he said he was like, I can't tell you, but I know you all know know what it is. And they were like, oh, and he was like, yeah, I wished for I didn't hear the name like Emily. I don't know. It was a name of her. It was a female name. Female name to sit on my face. And everybody's like, oh, you got it. And so it was. It was and they all hoped that Olivier got his wish. I, we all hope he did. I, I hope, hope he, so. I mean, it's been months. Yeah, I hope he has. Um, and then, uh, did anything else happen? I don't know. This is up to you if you want to share this no, part. No, uh, share. I, it, it, it sounds a lot more braggadocious when I say it. Okay, so. So, <laughs> so that's why you're just like, I don't know, did another thing happen? So then Dylan, they, they were. They started taking selfies. They were trying to take a selfie, but there were like seven of them. And, and I cannot help. That's a big pet peeve of mine, is when people try to take selfies, I have to go, like, offer to take a picture. I did not get a film degree to not help people take pictures. Right. So Dylan was like, I'll take all your pictures. And then Dylan goes... A group of guys. Yeah. So Dylan goes, all right, everybody, uh, say the Admiral. Classic joke. Classic Chicago joke. The Admiral is a uh, strip club. These guys seemed like... Uh, they were a group of young men that would appreciate that joke. Apparently. Everyone was just like, the Admiral. And then I was like, no. And then one of them caught on and was like, oh. And then I explained it to the rest of them. And you know that a joke is best uh, when it has to be explained, explained. by the one too horny guy. Yeah. Uh, he was like the quagmire he was the quagmire of the group. Of the group. Cause then he he wouldn't stop being like, maybe we should go to the admiral, yeah. guys. <laughs> I gave this guy way too much uh, leeway to like try to convince. But that was a great. I think that the number one best like night out was the Q sushi. Mm-hmm. But that was a fun, unexpected, that was just a fun, weird. And it, I've been in the group of like dudes that like are, like, taking over the whole, like, restaurant. Now, when I did it, it was, like, a Buffalo Wild Wings. It wasn't, (laughs) like, a fancy French place. But it's fun seeing that from, like, the perspective of, like, the, like, other person in the restaurant. And they were nice, and they were were pretty, as far as, like, college dudes go, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun, and... Pretty adorable, and I hope Olivier enjoyed the rest of his birthday. I hope she sat on his I face. I hope somebody has sat on his face. Yeah, and I hope that uh, we, I, I hope that we get a sponsorship from Olivier's uh, parent, <laughs> parents' vineyard. If you this. know like a junior at DePaul named Olivier, maybe like don't tell him we're talking about or him. do, and we'll get him on. He'll be our first guest. Our first guest is Olivier, <laughs> or his parents. <laughs> if you have a son who's a junior at DePaul named Olivier, um, reach out. We're, we're, we're happy to try your wine. <laughs> Should we do another one? Yeah, I didn't even have a story. I think that, I just, think that's that a was good the story. only story. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Something you tried for the first time this year that you really liked. That's tough because I feel like a lot of things we've talked about could have fit. Yeah, I think I was also thinking of the gizzards for this one, but I guess it wasn't the first time. Right, because I've I made tried you gizzards. shit gizzards. Yeah, before. I had gizzards and I didn't like them. Oh, I have a, I have a one. I have a one. Okay. Um, I w- I wanted to use the brisket hummus for something. 
Okay. And I think I've never, it didn't even occur to me to put meat in hummus. Yeah. Like, and we thought about that. Yeah. You were like, that can't be what they mean. And it was. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good one. Uh, I. Is yours going to be port wine again? No, because I had had port wine. I'm trying to think. I'm, I don't. This is tough because I think I could go with the sun chokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I came up with a blank for this one, honestly. I think that okay, I'll I'll cheat because it'll okay. be object permanence again. Mm. Uh, we had some things at uh, the restaurant in Amsterdam, the the mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that I had had most of those vegetables before, but not in the way, like, I had never had a, uh, a, such a veggie forward meal before. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, does that work for this question? That works. You just, you, you found a new appreciation for vegetables. Yes. And not that I'm, like, anti-vegetable, because I do like cooking with vegetables and eating them, but it I still have my Oklahoma tendencies that mm-hmm. we've talked about before on here, where it is hard for me to allow a meal or even, like, a course to exist without a slab of meat on it. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I'm still... But, this, th- but I think that most people should try this um, also, uh, the coach house. Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. because I am, I do not have the palate yet for a lot of Indian food. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was, uh, very much, there were a lot of things that we had at the coach house that, uh, gay, that, that I was like, no, this is like really good. And I like this. Yeah. That was, there were a lot of different, um, dishes at coach house yeah that i think you've had versions of perhaps but maybe not as elevated right. and I've, I've had it at like a all you can eat indian buffet mm-hmm. kind of situation and i think like elevated the it, it was definitely it opened it up to where it's just like this is not blowing my mouth out with curry powder mm-hmm. and like yeah so there we go i thought of one good um you want to pick a nice one? Yes. All right, we got a couple left. Okay. Oh, this is the opposite of that. Yes. Biggest disappointment. I don't. I don't know. I, I hate this question. I okay. have one that's good. That's not calling anybody out. Okay, because I wrote this down and then I was like, I don't want to like be mean. I also my biggest disappointment is that I spelled disappointment wrong well, on this piece of paper. I have three words. Wagyu beef Manhattan. <laughs> Love Wagyu beef, love a Manhattan, together when we had one at a Michelin star restaurant in Washington, D.C., was very, uh, I drank it, I would not order it again. I had such high hopes for it, how could it not fail? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it was too, too meaty. Which makes sense, mm-hmm. but too, like, 
it was just it was so much of both of those things that I needed it to be I, I was because I had built it up as like the ultimate cocktail in my mind mm-hmm. that that was the that was the disappointment not not the the whole the whole meal itself was amazing uh, but that particular cocktail I had just such high expectations for. Yeah, I feel like because my honorable mention for favorite dish I ate this year was the uh, eel paella. Yes, that went, they had, went to which add was that restaurant too. So good. I think we talked about this briefly on the fusion episode because they um, did. It was like Spanish and Japanese fusion, and this was basically like the style of a paella, but it was all Japanese flavors. I think there was some pea. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> <laughs> gotta work that pea back. Pea, my favorite flavor. There is no, but there is some unagi barbecue eel. So good. Um, so overall, a very very good experience. But that wagyu beef was a little it gimmicky. Was, well, but we also had wagyu beef as, as a food as part of the meal, and it was great. It was really good when it was in food form. I think it's one of these things where it's just like. The idea is such like, of course, this makes sense that it'd be decadent, and we all are like we're we're in the age of mixologist and stuff like that. But I feel like, again, if it had been a clarified cocktail, it probably would have been a lot better. Uh, but I uh, the whole it did not ruin the whole dining experience, but that that was probably the most disappointing thing because the expectations were so high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a disappointment? Um, I, you know, I don't, I I put this down, I don't want to, like, talk, I don't want to mention, like, a specific restaurant and be like, this restaurant disappointed me. Like we have stated before, this podcast is not to shit on restaurants. I'm going to say something without mentioning the restaurant. Okay. There was a meal we had that was a restaurant I've been to before. And the first time I ate there, I really, really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And the, when I ate there with you, it just, it, it wasn't as good as it had been the first time. It was underwhelming. And I think it goes back to kind of what I was saying when we were talking about the worst food news is you're always sad in a restaurant closed, but I just, I felt like some of the spark had gone from like the previous time I'd eaten there. It just, it wasn't the same party atmosphere like it wasn't and they were still from what i remember they were still doing the same thing it was a lot of the same dishes resting on their laurels and it was like they hadn't i think like it's not that like like i like the dishes it was just like like comedians restaurants kind of need to grow with the time exactly like if you're not excited about what you're making, and it's hard. I mean, as a comedian, it's honestly, like, hard to stay excited about the same jokes over time. So, like, if there's a joke I feel like I'm getting bored of, I'll, I'll intentionally take it out of rotation for, like, a few months. So you're not bored. So that I'm not bored. And so that when I bring it back, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I found fun about this. And so you're not just going through the motion. Yeah, and so I think... That sort of, the biggest disappointment was just that it felt very, we're going through the motions, we do this every day, like, all of the, like, shtick of what they said felt very rehearsed, there was nothing organic about it, and, I mean, that's, it's just, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like, food is an art in its own way, like, if you're 
doing if you're trying to like go somewhere fine dining like i don't i don't i don't think applebee's needs to be art but like i was gonna say i can't believe you're calling out mcdonald's the way that you are right now but um okay fine my biggest disappointment is the night in amsterdam where when we finished (laughs) our comedy show nothing was open except the only thing opens was mcdonald's Um, no i get what you're saying because i also uh was trying to figure out how to work that in too because you again you had built this restaurant up as yeah I was really excited to take you there and it's like it's not again it's not that it was bad like it was still a really delicious meal and some of the dishes were really like memorable but it just overall it didn't didn't, have the luster it didn't hold up and I feel like on the other hand like schwa is a place I've been to multiple times and it's different every time. It's a new experience every time and you go back. There, so, like, that's one I always recommend and would go back to. Um, so I just, I feel like I, I almost, like, if the chef is so good I, at this restaurant, I just, like, Want him think to, it needs a little bit of a, like. Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Pick me up. And it's, I know, like, it's tough for everybody coming out of the pandemic, but I think, like. But yeah, but but this is our own personal disappointment too. So yeah. other people who who have nothing to who have no expectations about it uh, probably have a different like feeling about it too. Yeah. Uh, all right, and our final question of the podcast, and our final question of 2022 is, what was your favorite thing you ate? On the podcast, Food for Pod. Mm. As the cat is As the cat chases all the trash. The cat has to make a appearance. Yeah. So. Um What's the favorite thing you ate as we recorded? My favorite thing we ate as we recorded. Um I have two. Okay. I I've, I'm really struggling with this, and I <laughs> I really liked the um, fried rice we had mm-hmm. from Bianca with the soft scrambled egg. Yes. That was, I think, my favorite dish. Yeah. But I also really liked the breakfast sandwiches. Mm-hmm. But I think some of that was just I was so hungry and I was so ready for breakfast <laughs> and they were so satisfying. Very good. I think the the fried rice definitely is like more creativity points and I think is something that um Well, I think I would recommend both and I think I would eat both again. I don't think that there's something we have to put that caveat. I don't think there's something that we wouldn't recommend that we've had. There was nothing that we've had that was bad. Yeah, okay, I'm going to I'm going to say it. The thing that I'm most excited to eat another time is that breakfast sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and just like I I like was in Rogers Park and I was like, mm, can I work a breakfast sandwich into this moment of my day?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just like it was really I mean, it's it's really basic, but it was so craveable. Yeah. What uh, was yours? So I have one that is like something that is like my one of my favorite foods. Like, a shrimp po'boy is, like, mm-hmm. one of my top-notch, like, foods that I would... So, so eating a shrimp po'boy is always on there. Uh, and then, as far... I think that, like, it's tough because I think that, like... 
I'm going to just stick with shrimp po' boy. And I think we should props to the restaurant. So the breakfast sandwich was smack dab, and then the po' boy was Daisy's po' boys. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's tough because what I was going to say is the cool thing that we've started doing and that you've started doing with this has, it has just been something new and different. Mm-hmm. And so I can't, the more difficult question would be, like, what is something, like, the, the best new thing that you tried because of the podcast? And that would have been a way harder question. Uh, so I'm going to take the easy way out <laughs> and rest on something that I... Something that you already know you I like. That I know I like and say the shrimp po' boy. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was a very, very excellent po' boy and I also want to go back there. I also want to shout out the doses because mm-hmm. I thought they were really good. Art of Dosa and... I was just so impressed that everything was vegan. And yeah. I remember, like, that experience was kind of mind-blowing. I think it's, uh, I also want to shout out uh, George, his deep dish, for making deep dish accessible to people that don't just want to be full all the time. And uh, I would go back there because... Uh, regularly and not just when we have friends and family in town to Chicago. Yeah, I want to go back there again too. And I, okay, I had a conversation with a friend about George's the other day when I was talking about how we were having it on the podcast. Um, And I asked which pizza he had because I wanted to try all of them. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't remember. And I was like, well, I guess it wasn't the spaghetti one because I feel like you would remember that. But I, that's what I, I really want to try the spaghetti one. But yep. I just, I'm afraid. I'm a little intimidated. I think that that is into the new year. One of our goals is to try food that we're afraid. Try food we're intimidated by. Try, try intimidating food. and I Do think, eat one thing every day that scares you. Well, every day might be a lot. <laughs> <That's> but... <laughs> We're going to get into just weird... just a spider every it's day. Like, well, and then it's going to be like, I'm going to get into eating raw meat, because that's scary. Well, we already did that. Yeah, we did that. And uh, we survived. And we survived. Um, before, we, before we wrap this up, I, I have some stats for you. I know oh, that, yes. I know that you would have thought that, like, out of the two of us, who would be the stats person? But I have some stats. Uh, we, this year, ate... I ate at six... Michelin star restaurants. You ate at eight Michelin star restaurants. Yes. Uh, we also together ate at six restaurants that are either managed, owned, or ran by Top Chef contestants. I ate at seven. You ate at seven, right, because you went to Vegas without me. No, I went to New Orleans without you. You went to New Orleans without me. Vegas was last, last year without year. me. Uh, and uh, do you know the amount of time? That we went to Michael's Pizzeria around the corner. Did you count? No, I went. No, it's countless amounts of time. <laughs> so that's the uh, sh- shout, Michael's, because I don't think we'll ever do. We probably won't do an episode we'll focused on Michael's. We'll never. But it's our. I feel like if we do a live episode, we should do it from the back room at Michael's. Yes. Uh, which is a goal for twenty twenty three. I'm putting it out there. 2023, we do a live episode. All right. Food resolution. We do a live episode at Michael's. It does not be at Michael's, but we're going to do a live episode at some point. Sweet. I have ideas. Uh, and I think, yeah, like, any any final thoughts? 
I just, there's so many things I ate that I didn't mention, and that was my biggest regret about doing a year in review, is just like... You want to give like I want to give a shout out to literally everywhere I've eaten, but that's impractical. Give, give some give some honorable mentions. Some honorable mentions. Um, Nina Compton's restaurant in New Orleans. Um, we went to the Fox and the Knife in Boston, which was a very lovely overall meal. Um, also, speaking of Boston, Neptune Oyster. Neptune Oyster, always a classic. Um, Let's see, I one of my favorite, I, I mean, it wasn't the most outstanding, but one of my favorite podcast experiences was getting, like, a whole bunch of tacos and doing a taco taste yep. test. I was, I was going to say that my my runner-up was uh, the barbecue, P- uh, Penguin Ed's, yeah. shout out Penguin Ed's barbecue in, in uh, Arkansas, but I felt that was cheating because I've eaten there every time I've been to Fayetteville, so <laughs> uh, I think, like, that's the, but also, like, that's the, the reason that we have so many that we we did not talk about is the reason that this podcast exists is because we just love going out and yeah. eating the food. Yeah, I was going to say, ask me for a recommendation. My love language is being asked to give restaurant recommendations. And I think that this is just, uh, we will, we will uh, be carrying this over and doing more of it in the new year. Yeah, we can't wait to keep getting more takeout and recording more episodes with you, so... See everybody in 2023. Like and subscribe. (laughs) 